All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Start with the breaking news here, a deal in the BCGEU dispute. What's yes, this has ramifications right through the public sector. Uh, this could be the template uh, for all other union contracts. So the GEU has given up that $2,500 signing bonus. Uh, in exchange, it's a $0.25 cent an hour increase uh, across the board for everyone. That's about $500 a year. First year's 3.24% increase. And then the second, this is where it gets interesting, the second year is where inflation kicks in. It will range from a 5.5% increase to a 6.75% increase. So it's not going to match the inflation rate necessarily, but it will be higher if the inflation rate is higher. And then a 2 or 3% increase in the third year. So it's about 11.5% over three years to 13.5% or 13.2%. Uh, depending on, on what the inflation rate is, but no signing bonus. Mm. I'm told the HEU has basically uh, agreed to a similar deal, the Hospital Employees Union. So this will be the template uh, going forward uh, for uh, other other unions to negotiate, including the Teachers Federation. How much was that signing bonus when it was on the table? Twenty five hundred dollars. And they they walked away from that. They walked. Here, I'm surprised they walked away from that. For, so it's been re it's been reallocated. Yeah. as a much bigger uh, increase in the second year. I already ran into two GU members here at the legislature who said, what? Where's my signing I bonus? I wanted my 2500 bucks. <laughs> they had already purchased their television <laughs> or paid off their credit card. So, But, you know, um, union negotiators do not like signing bonuses. They'd rather have the increase built into the base because over time, yeah. it is true that uh, even a small increase over time will be much greater than a signing bonus up front. But that's that's the deal reached. And um, and there's also some uh, great adjustments for various positions. Just look, looking at the GU release, uh, sheriffs, for example, there's going to be some readjustment for them. So some some workers will get higher than the um, than than others. I think it, on average it's 3.24, but many people in the first year will get 4%. This is the most, use a word you want to describe it, generous, lucrative, whatever. It's the biggest contract increase in 30 years in the public sector. Yeah, and they got their cost of living, I guess, sort of baked in there in that lift. It's, it's not fully indexed to inflation, like you said. Like inflation's running, what, like 6 7%. Mm-hmm. They didn't get a raise that big, no, but, but they do get a bigger raise in the second year, depending on the inflation rate. Yep. So again, yeah. it's a range from 55 to a little more than almost 7%. Right. So it's uh, in that second year, is it, that's the key. It seems to be the key part of the contract. But the $0.25 cent an hour raise, and then the increase comes on top of that. Yeah. So it's cl- probably closer to 4% in the first year. Uh, on average for, for workers, again, this is, uh, you know, for years, we were, remember the zero, zero, and zero mandate, sure. you know, a little yeah. more than a decade ago. Yeah. Um, and and after that was increases of 1% or 2% a year. Yeah. Not many pri- private sector uh, uh, unions or non-unions are getting getting uh, 4% a year right now. Okay, and so you start. You think the dominoes start to fall here, and these other unions settle as well? Oh, I think so. I think yeah. you're going to see other others. QP, HSA. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the, the two to keep an eye on are the BC Nurses Union, which is yet to begin bargaining in any meaningful way, and the BC Teachers Federation. Uh, the Nurses Union may have a you know an interesting case here. They've been in a, through the pandemic unlike any other uh, union. Uh, in terms of being frontline staff here, a burnout factor of significance, uh, significant numbers. 
And they may have it. They well, they do have issues that other unions do not have in this pandemic. And the other one is the BC Teachers Federation, which always seems to ask for a little more than what others are getting. Okay, busy news day. Premier John Horgan has an event this afternoon where he's going to announce what some cost of living measures. Yeah, he and Selena Robinson, the finance minister, here in his riding of Langford, just outside Victoria. I can't help but wonder if it's tied to Saturday's event, which is the by-election in Surrey South which I think John Horgan is trying to get um, the uh, get the attention of the voters in Get Syria some South. good news out there, give people yeah. money. So this is, this is going to be some inflation um, cost of living uh, adjustments or, or some sort of mechanism to help people. Not sure if it's going to be a check, not sure exactly what it's going to be. It might be a tax credit. Haven't really done a lot of digging on it, but uh, it's going to be positive news, and he wants that positive news to resonate with the voters of Surrey South. Okay, we're watching for that one this afternoon. Let's talk about the announcement yesterday from BC's public health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, on the vaccine program rolling out. Here is Bonnie Henry speaking yesterday. So this is a, a form of combination vaccine that has the spike protein in it, not just for the original Wuhan variant, but also for an Omicron variant. And it is based on the Omicron BA1. Okay, I'm, I'm completely lost on these vaccines now. So this is, a, this is a vaccine that's similar to the influenza vaccine. It's a combination. Influenza vaccine is made up of three or four different vaccines. Oh. And that's what this one is. It's a bivalent ma- vaccine. Again, we're not vaccination experts here, but it's deemed to be on test trials to be more effective against Omicron than the other vaccines. So this is a booster vaccine. This is not... If you haven't got a vaccine at all, this is not the vaccine you're going to get. You're still going to get the mRNA vaccine of either Moderna or Pfizer or Janssen, which is what you and I, or you and I have also had AstraZeneca. Um, Those are the ones that uh, we've been getting up until now. This is a new vaccine that's going to start to arrive this week, and it will be a booster dose. Either be your third dose, your first booster, or your fourth dose, or in some cases, particularly older long-term care residents, a fifth dose a third booster. So these are boosters. And this is, um, yesterday was the kickoff of a pretty massive vaccination program. Our vaccination program, I'm not going to say it's gone silent for the last few months, but it's really gone down in terms of activity because the vast majority of us have had two doses and well more than 90%, 92%. So four and a half million people have had two doses. Only 2.8 million people have had that third dose, that first booster. There's about 1.3 million people out there, many people listening right now, who've received invitations to get their booster dose, and they haven't taken those invitations up. They now will have an opportunity to take it up with this new vaccine, which is, again, considered more effective against the Omicron variant. Uh, Your immunity starts to wane after a period of uh, six months or so uh, with two doses. So if you're out there listening and you've only had two doses, you want to go in to get your third, and now your third can be this new dose, or if you go in now, you can still get the Pfizer or Moderna or Janssen. Okay, let's talk about an issue uh, next door to us here in Alberta that w- mm. I've been following, and I think it's really interesting, and that is this fight over the proposed Alberta Sovereignty yeah. Act, which is supported by Danielle. Danielle Smith, who many consider to be a front runner here. Yep to become the next premier of Alberta. And Jason Kenney, the current premier of Alberta, firmly opposed to this Sovereignty Act, which would effectively allow Alberta, according to Daniel Smith, allow the province to opt out of like federal laws that they yeah. consider to be unconstitutional. Yeah, well, 
it's being treated as sort of a wacky idea uh, by many people. But uh, many people have challenged her on this. Jason Kenney's not the only one. Many people in her own party saying this is not going to work. And also raising the question whether it even passed the Alberta legislature. Just because she wins uh, the leadership does not mean this becomes law. It has to pass the legislature and people on her own party, including Jason Kennedy and other members of the caucus, saying it's not going to pass the House. The NDP is not mm, going to support it. Yeah. So she's going to have to win an election on this issue. And she's far from being able to do that. A number of people say it's completely unconstitutional. I see on Twitter there's a couple of uh, Alberta academics have been enlisted to say, well, maybe it's constitutional. Um, but uh, Kenny is saying it's a recipe for economic disaster for Alberta to drive out investor confidence. Uh, people not wanting to invest in Alberta if you've got the situation where the province thinks it can just say no to all sorts of federal laws. Yeah, she hasn't really also, adequately explained this. She went on Twitter. She posted something on Twitter yesterday to try to answer some of the questions, but it seems still more of a gimmick than Like she was else. saying that in order for this Sovereignty Act to be triggered, that if there was a federal law that was passed, there would have to be some independent verification that yeah. the law is unconstitutional before Alberta could override it or ignore it. I guess it's, you know, she's talked about like federal environmental laws that frustrate um, yeah, she know, seemed, oil production or pipelines. That thing she posted seemed to be a bit of a retreat by her to say, oh, it's not going to be as big a thing, a deal as you think it is. It really yeah. has to match certain criteria. I think she's feeling the heat on this, but it, it's the type of thing that probably plays very well to the United Conservative sure. voter base. You know, yeah. it's Alberta first, that type of thing. Yeah. But in the real world, um, few people are treating it uh, seriously, which is why I think it's one thing to win a leadership race. It's another one to win an election. Well, let's listen to the current Alberta Premier Jason Kenney talking about this Sovereignty Act idea. Here's what he had to say yesterday. The so-called Sovereignty Act uh, would effectively take us to the brink of separation from the Canadian Federation, would shred the rule of law, and would do devastating damage to jobs, the economy, and the prospect of pipelines. This is a cockamamie idea. Okay. Cockamamie idea. It's supposed to be, and listen to Daniel Smith, it's supposed to help them get pipelines built. Yeah, well, I mean... He's saying saying the opposite. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the difference of opinion is on that, but uh, certainly Alberta and Ottawa have been at odds uh, for years on the issue of energy, and I think that's really at the heart of this. Uh, Also taxation laws, Um, but again, I take Danielle Smith's posting yesterday as a bit of a retreat from her original sort of bravado, Uh, and again, Kenny's trying to link this to separatism. I don't think it's quite that far, but nevertheless, it's a Interesting issue for the Conservatives to deal with in the leadership race. Okay, it's Baldry's Beat. Got open phone lines right now, 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Doug in Surrey. Hi, Doug, go ahead. Hi, Mike and Keith. Uh, If Danielle Smith thinks she's got troubles moving their petroleum now, if she gets this idea about uh, moving petroleum out of Alberta, which is basically landlocked, uh, out to someplace like Vancouver, uh, if she thinks fences can go fast, wait until she tries to send it out uh, to the West Coast to be shipped offshore in railway cars. The environmental people that have a target on her so fast, her head will spin. Well, petroleum is shipped every day from Alberta to, to uh, West, Co- West Coast ports uh, in Burnaby. So uh, that's not going to change. I mean, Mike and I were talking off air. I, I liken this to uh, the NDP government's opposition to Trans Mountain Pipeline claiming they're going to use every tool in the toolbox to oppose it. It was a pillow fight. 
It was a very small toolbox. They threw a couple things at the wall. It didn't work, and that's the end of it. And I think Danielle Smith right now, again, I read her clarification of this as a significant climb down of exactly what she's talking about. It's only in extraordinary circumstances would, would Alberta challenge something. Well, Alberta would already challenge something in extraordinary circumstances, just as BC did uh, against the pipeline. It didn't work, and it's not going to work here. So I think uh, I think she was feeling a, a, probably a bit of heat on this and needed to clarify things. But yeah. she may still bring in this act. As I say, no guarantee it's going to pass the legislature in Alberta. She may not have the numbers. Let's go to Phil in Coquitlam. Hi, Phil. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah morning, guys. Um, just what you had said earlier a few minutes ago about Oregon having some announcement this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, you know, per- personally, uh, you know, if he's going to start handing out some cash, I think it's uh, a waste of time. Uh, you know, I mean, people, what he needs to do is start cutting things that people use on a regular basis, such as a gas tax. I mean, the yeah. last time he said that, he sent 100 bucks. Okay, well, when I go to when, when I go and uh, put fuel in my in my car, hundred bucks, right? So it's a one-time slap deal, and not impressive. Uh, not interested. Uh, if he's going to send me a hundred bucks, send it to some sent to a family who needs it. Uh, you know, he needs to do something big. But Horgan uh, no. Horgan doesn't have the gumption to do so. Uh, he's well, more well, interested. In, he's he, he's more interested in having money. Uh, for the government and not not look after the people unless he's pressed to do so. Right? Thank you, thank you for the call. Well, we'll see what comes this afternoon. He's not yeah. going to cut gas taxes. I no. mean, he's already made that pretty clear. Yeah, and uh, again, the caller is right though. You know, these hundred dollar rebate checks you get from ICBC thing. I think that went over like a wet firecracker with people. It, it's not enough to to really make a difference in many people's lives, but it's something. It does cost the government, you know, I think $400 million for that or something. Yeah. I'm not sure a check is going to cut it, but we'll see what he's talking about today. Again, I haven't done a lot of digging on it. Maybe a check, maybe a tax credit, maybe a reduction in tax. We'll see uh, this afternoon. Yeah. Natalie in Port Coquitlam. Hi, Natalie. Hi. Uh, I'm just curious. Regarding this cockamamie <laughs> idea of the Sovereign Act that Danielle Smith is promoting, proposing does that mean we give the crown the boot or perhaps is that going to increase the power of the crown well in alberta's situation they're they're arguing there are two crowns there's the federal crown and there's provincial crown and they're uh, she's claiming the provincial crown shall prevail in certain situations but again uh, the clarification she posted yesterday, I think, muddies the waters what? and sort of lessens the chance of this actually happening. So what she said yesterday was the way this would work is if the federal government brings in a law that appears to violate the jurisdictional rights of Alberta, mm-hmm. then members of the Alberta legislature would vote on a special motion that would effectively allowed the province to refuse to enforce federal law in Alberta. And she said it would have to be, there would be an explanation of why this federal law is unconstitutional. There would be an explanation of the harms that it would inflict in Alberta, detailed specific actions that the province will take to otherwise oppose it or not enforce federal law. That's how it would work. Yeah, pretty convoluted. I mean, um, again, if, 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 if. Yeah. Uh, I just, just don't see it I happening. agree with you, though. I think she's starting to think maybe this is backfiring a yeah. bit on her. So I, think we'll it's, I think it's starting to look silly. And yeah. it's one thing to champion Alberta's rights. It's another thing to do it in a silly way.